Hello, hello, and welcome back to A Pinch of Honesty. Happy Monday to you. Um, it, it feels like it's been, you know, weeks upon weeks since I've actually um, podcast about life here in northern New Mexico, and there's a good reason for that. So um, let's see, not this past weekend, but the weekend before, my daughter had a swim meet, and it was down in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and there were loads and loads of people uh, at the swim meet. Um The Tuesday, her swim meet was on Sunday. The Tuesday afterwards, my husband started to kind of not feel very well. And the next Wednesday, we had kind of a dumping of snow. We had enough snow that they closed work and school and those types of things. Um, So he was like, I want to get tested for COVID, but the, you know, snow kind of precluded it. So then the next day, Thursday, you know, it snowed, it continued to snow. So everything was still closed on Thursday. So, um, there was no testing centers open. There were no test kits to be found anywhere. And he was continuing to be kind of sick, like congested sick, right? Um, kind of snotty, you know, feeling just kind of ill, like sick. Um, so Friday, he finally gets a COVID test and is positive. So as soon as it comes back positive, you know, we'd sent our daughter to school on Friday. I went and I picked her up. The school policy is that since she is vaccinated, she can remain in school unless she's showing symptoms. And I felt uncomfortable with that um, because I kind of feel like as a parent, it's my responsibility to try to um, sequester my child if I have a feeling like, you know, she may have COVID, right? Even though she has zero symptoms. So I took her out of school and I brought her home. And um, the recommendation from the nurse and her doctor was to wait until the following week to have her tested because I guess it takes some amount of time for COVID to show up. Okay, fine. Meanwhile, my husband just kind of feels sick, right? Like he's just, it's like a cold. Okay. Um, No real fever, you know, not even really coughing, just kind of cold. So I start testing and I decided that I was going to test rabbit home tests every single day just to see, because um, I was the one who had to go to the grocery store and those types of things. And so I wanted to kind of keep on top of it and see if, and when I tested positive, I didn't want to kind of endanger anybody else. So I just tested negative. I tested negative every single day. I went and had the next, you know, um, Tuesday. So the Tuesday of last week, I had a PCR test done, you know, like the nasal swab test done. And I had one done for my daughter. And meanwhile, keep in mind, right. She is perfectly fine, right. We were keeping out of school. She's perfectly fine. She tests positive. I test negative, which at this point I'm just totally mind blown. Right. It's like, Oh God. So, um, she has to stay out of school until today and, um, you know, work wants me to kind of not go into work. I can, if I want again, right. Like I'm vaccinated, I'm boosted. I can, however, you know, um, for the health of everybody, they recommended just working from home. So that's what I was doing. Okay, fine. So, um, I still, am just testing negative, right? Like I, I've tested negative throughout this entire thing. Um, this, uh, let's see here, Sunday morning, my daughter and husband took COVID, um, rapid tests. They both tested positive. However, you know, my husband doesn't have any symptoms anymore. My daughter's never had any symptoms. So I, I feel like a lot of the guidance and how things go, I don't understand. Right. So they said, you know, it's like five days after she's tested positive, she can go back to school. Um, and since she doesn't have any symptoms, that's fine. If she had symptoms and she would have to remain home. Um, but the symptoms are all so weird, right? Like what if she just has an upset stomach? 
What if she's just feeling like off? I don't know. Um, so we're kind of trying to muddle through this whole thing. And then to top it all off, right. To top the whole thing off, I was supposed to be on travel. I didn't go on travel. Um, my boss didn't feel comfortable sending me, um, with the possibility that I could get sick being away from family. Of course, right. Still negative, still had no symptoms. Um, however, the nurse tells me that the school nurse, right? Like my daughter can test positive for up to 90 days after having COVID. Okay. Well, we're going to Egypt and to get back into the U S you have to test for COVID and you have to be negative to get back in. So we start doing all this research and it turns out that you can get, you know, a document from the state saying, look, I tested positive here. The positive test result you're seeing is not a new positive. It's this old positive. So now we're trying to get all those things in a line. And what I'm really concerned with is I'm concerned that what if I've had it this whole time, even though I keep testing negative and then we go to Egypt and we come out and we try to get back in and I test positive, right? Like what if that's the one positive test that I ever get? I know it seems pretty ridiculous, but that's what's been kind of weighing on my mind recently. Um, a few podcasts ago, I talked about um, annual mammograms and um, I did decide to actually go and look up who invented um, the mammogram. And it was indeed a gentleman named Robert Egan from the University of Texas, um, Anderson Cancer Center. Um, and he came up with it in 1959, right? I would like to thank him, right? Like I think early detection, um, I think is the way to go. However, in all honesty, um, I think that the technology needs to be revamped. Um, I actually think that it is way too painful. Um, and I think that having it done every single year is, is, is pretty horrifying for a lot of women, right? Especially if you have dense breasts. So having them squished, um, with that amount of pressure, um, it really hurts. It really, really hurts. And sometimes it hurts for days afterwards, right? Like you want to take Advil, that's how much it hurts. So, um, yeah. So I would say, uh, ladies out there, can you invent something that's, that's better than this? <laughs> so, um, there you have it. So we've been, we've been going through COVID a couple things about the whole COVID situation. Um, I am glad that my family were all vaccinated. I'm really happy about that because even though my husband has had it and he's had it for, you know, a good week and some change, it's been a cold, right? And I'm really happy that my daughter doesn't seem to have any effect from having COVID, right? So the vaccine is doing its job, right? And either I have like the world's greatest immune system or there's something else strange going on. So <laughs> who knows? Who knows what's really happening, right? Um, and on the last bit of, of kind of news, I would say that's been going on, right? I have continued to work on my paranormal romance story and, you know, for all of those things that we get all happy about and excited about, right? So I'm at 43,000 words. I'm trying to get to 65,000 words before I do my, um, my edits and my story's gone off the rails which is depressing for me. Um, I feel like the thread of the main character has kind of been lost and some of the path has been lost. And I keep reminding myself that every single day I sit down and I, I try to bring it back online and I try to kind of make it from point A to point B. And that when I go through to do my edits, that's when I can tell the story properly. Right. And I keep kind of reminding myself that until I have all the words down, that's going to be tough to do. Um, and so for any of you out there who are doing something where you feel like it's gone off the rails, don't give up, right? Don't give up. 
I figure that it is never too late um, to revamp, right? Like I could revamp it a hundred times after it's done. And the point is, is to, to complete it out as much as possible and then take those edits to actually make it into the story that I want. So I keep reminding myself not to be down about it, right? Like to focus on the positive that, I mean, good gravy, right? Like I've written nearly 45,000 words of this novel rather rapidly, right? Um, I, I have a goal for myself of doing a thousand words a day and that's what I've been doing. So um, I think the process of taking um, small steps every single day adds up to something big, right? It's kind of like when um, I've seen before when people ask um, somebody who's lost like a lot of weight, right? Like somebody who's lost like 150 pounds and they're like, how did you do it? And often those people will say, um, I didn't lose 150 pounds. I lost, you know, three pounds a day or, you know, about two pounds a week for a very long period of time, right? Whatever it is. And I think it's the exact same thing for when you're trying to make progress towards something that's big, right? Like for many ways, um, writing a fiction, you know, novel, a paranormal romance novel, which I've been wanting to do, it's big and it's big for me to do that by myself. Um, but doing just a little bit every single day makes a big difference, right? So um, whatever it is that you're focusing on, take that tiny little piece every single day and trust me, you'll get there. You definitely will get there. So from the recovery ward of COVID out here <laughs> and the weird medical advice that I don't think anybody really understands exactly what's going on and, and props to you, right? Props, you're just trying to do the best you can. Um, and, you know, we've kind of ridden it out with you. Um, thank you, you know? So um, I will try to update again here in the near future. Um, I've pulled out for today the Animal Spirit Guidebook. And I've done that um, because there's been this rabbit. <laughs> there's a, a big rabbit who lives in our backyard. We call him Alphonse. Um, we believe that he is in a long-term relationship with our female cat, Kona. <laughs> the stories that you come up with in your house, you know. Um, and Alphonse has been out just looking awesome in the snow every single day. And so because of that, this morning I saw Alphonse and I thought, you know, I will pull out the animal deck and we'll see what the animals are telling us. So the animal deck is telling us for this week, the deer. All right. Which I'm guessing is an earth sign. Seems like a deer should be your sign. Elk. Let's see here. Lamb, buffalo, snake, raccoon, mouse. It is earth. You know, earthworm is in the earth section. Here is the rabbit, by the way. Oh, so cute. Uh, deep down, I was kind of hoping we were going to get a rabbit. I don't even know what rabbit means in here, but deer. Loving, intuitive, graceful, the mother. The deer represents the feminine aspects of earth energy. This energy is available to all creatures, regardless of gender, but is especially potent in new parents. During the first few days, they are fully present, nurturing and calm. Their inner beauty radiates and the sense of grace calms the room. A dear personality affects others in this way, drawing them towards the quiet tenderness. The dear card may appear when a birth or celebration of new life draws near or when a situation calls for absolute gentleness and compassion. When in balance, receptive, compassionate, nurturing, when out of balance, concerned or protective, and to bring into balance uh, nature and children. So there you go. Um, this card 
it's not really uh, it's not really speaking to me today. Um, but maybe it is touching one of you out there. So thanks for tuning in and I'll catch you on the flip side.